دایی به فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدفع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی Welcome back to another episode of Golbazan. My name's Sina and I'm joined by Arya and for the first time, Sahar. Um, how are you both doing? Yeah, look, it's good to be back on uh, and it was a great victory yesterday. And yeah, it's good to be joined by, by Sahar. Thank you yeah. so much for having me. We're very lucky to have you on, Sahar. I think, oh, yeah. Um, obviously, Sahar is a former data analyst for the Premier League. We're very, very happy to have you on. I think before we jump into the episode, it'd be amazing if you could give a, a very quick rundown, introduce yourself to the audience. Sure. So I'm Sahar. Um, I joined, I, I worked for the Premier League since I was 23, 22, 23. And I started as a junior analyst and I was there for three years. Then I left for Barcelona. I left the country. But during my time there, um, I really focused on the uh, business side of the Premier League. I also had access to Opta data and all of that. So just because I love football, since I was a kid, I was watching football with my dad and um, I love Team Medley and World Cup. So um, I used to uh, play around with the data, get some cool insight out of it and then writing about them. Uh, but mainly my, fo- my, my, my focus was on uh, audience data and uh, the digital side of it, uh, like social uh, media of Premier League. So, yeah, that's in a nutshell. That's very, very cool. And I'm, like, I know probably a thing that we haven't really done on the episode much is a lot of data stuff. It's been a lot of sort of, <laughs> we think this guy's been a bit rubbish. We've been, this guy's been amazing. Yeah. I think we probably do need a bit of data in the episode. I don't know if people have been saying that, but um so yeah very very happy to have you on Sahar thank you so in today's episode we'll be analyzing the Iran versus UAE match which ended 1-0 to Team Melli so three points and also a nine a possible nine points out of nine in group A the goals coming goal coming from Mehdi Tarami assisted by Salah Osman um, and next we'll also preview the long-awaited Iran versus South Korea match to be played on Tuesday and it is Tuesday. I made a mistake in the last match, in the last podcast. I said Thursday. I said Tuesday when it was actually on Thursday. So this one is actually Tuesday, I promise you. And it says, as of the stadium in Tehran. I, know, I don't think we've played in Tehran for a while. Have we, Arya? We played in like, Qatar. Um, no. Well, we've not had fans in the stadium for a long time. Yeah. So I think the last time was against Cambodia a long time. I mean, that was the last time we had mm. uh, female supporters in the stadium. So... And we'll have them again this time around, which is fantastic. Yeah, it'd be good to be on on like home turf, I guess, finally. And we'll also have a short segment with Steve Hahn, Korean football journalist for Goal.com. Very, very happy to have him on as well. So I think it'd be best to just jump in, I guess. Um, so firstly, um, Sahar, I'll start with you. On the lineup, were you satisfied with those who started? Obviously, we talked a bit on the previous episode about the, the possible lineup. Were you satisfied with who started? 
Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. I mean, it was very similar to. I think it was the same as uh, our Iraq game. Uh, but um, I, I personally think that uh, it should have been more like um, the stop issue should have been sooner uh, into the game. But uh, the starting eleven is, is was good. What about you, Arya? What do you think? Well, look. I mean, he went with a bit of the same uh, in the last game. We had the same lineup. Uh, but consistency, which is always good for the national team. It's quite rare um, that our national team has the same lineup back to back, you know, in, in two games. So it's good that we were able to do that and have um, the same player starting. And also giving players like Noor Afghan a second chance at left back, you know, a, a young player who's come back into the national team after having been out for a long time. It's good to see him performing at a high level against good opposition. And also, you know, Muharami, you know, a player who, you know, maybe people are saying he shouldn't be starting. Maybe they want Romain Zayon back, but had a fantastic game uh, yesterday against UAE. So it's good to see that our defence is doing so well, not conceding any goals so far in the qualification um, final round. So, you know, going off the periphery, everything looks good. And the lineup was 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 satisfying uh, overall. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think Nur Afghan, um, it was a very, very good test for him. I think a very valuable sort of, um, I know he got subbed off. I don't know how many minutes he played precisely, but it was a very good test for him. I think it'd be a very good experience for him because it was, it was, you know, the, the opposition was was fairly good um, in UAE. Um, I want to I wanna focus, before we move on to specific, you know, positions into the field, I want to focus on Ayreza Jahanbash when um, obviously he started. What did you kind of make of his performance, Sahar? Well, he didn't perform as well as he did uh, at Iraq, uh, in Iraq game. And I personally think it's because at his uh, uh, club, Feyenoord, in, uh, he has been a sub for two times now. So he's been on a bench. And I think mentally that really sort of impacted him. And that's why maybe he, hasn't been, he didn't perform as well as he did in Iraq game. So that's my take. I mean, they're all professionals and um, uh, been playing in big uh, teams. But... In this game, uh, I think that was one of the reasons he wasn't really uh, doing his best performance. Yes, yeah, it is a bit of a shame with with Jahan Bash because it's we know how much quality he has, but he he is quite you know he does have those hit and miss sort of games. Um, you don't really know which sort of Ayres is going to going to turn up, and that's the most frustrating thing I think because we know how much quality he has. I don't know what did you make of Arya. Yeah, uh, Jahan Bash had a bad game. Simple as that. He he struggled to find himself in the positions on the pitch that you expect him to perform. Uh, as a winger, you're always expecting someone like him to create chances and be able to provide Taremi and Osmond with the, the goal-scoring opportunities. However, um, that that was very much the case that Taremi and Osmond had to do it themselves. You know? and, and that's not good enough. When, when Taremi and Osmond have to do it themselves, it makes it very bad for the team as a whole because your 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 only option to create chances is your strikers, which is not what you want. You want your you, you want your midfielders, your wingers to be doing that, and and he wasn't. So um, it's a shame because I, I do expect a lot more from him, and he was fantastic against Iraq. But we want consistency as a as a captain. We want consistency, and also we want someone who's who's willing to to be to be a bit of a risk taker in the national team. Uh, and be able to provide everyone in the team 
with a, a lift for 90 minutes, which he just didn't do. He didn't do. Simple as that. And, you know, we expect more from him. But um, I'm sure he'll, he'll go back and he'll improve those mistakes. I, um, I'm going to add something here. I would say the same thing about Sardar Osman as well. I mean, he wasn't at his best either. I mean, and again, I'm going to go to that uh, the mentality when he was sent off at Zenit and then the, the, his team lost. So um, I think he wasn't himself at all because we had so many good ch- uh, chances, but mm, nothing happened. Mm, Tarami got red carded as well in, in the club. That you came back and you know that, man, that mentality is there you know it's, I guess it's obviously it's very different for different players how they react to those sort of things but um, you know one scored one missed a penalty so I think uh, yeah, obviously we'll talk about a lot of the the two strikers in in a bit but I think moving on to the midfielders so Ezatolai, Nuralai and Amiri um, what did you make of their performance um, Sahar? Um, I think Ezatolay has proven himself so many times. He's a he's a he's a great midfielder and he's quite underrated. Nobody like, really talks about him. Uh, Amiri as well, um, a good play playmaker and uh, player maker and um, and Nurolahi. Um, I'm not too sure about that. I still I didn't really see um, really see him in the game. I mean. Um, for like Vahid Amiri, you would see that um, you could see him a lot. His name would have been uh, was said by the commentator as well. But Nurra, he wasn't wasn't there. So I don't know. Maybe um, that's my opinion. But I would like to just, uh, see what you say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Look, Nurra, he he's not a good creative player. As simple as that. As a midfielder, he's a very good box to box player. He does help out defensively and he does work very hard and I think one of the reasons why Sarah is saying that is because he, w- he doesn't stand out as a player you know he doesn't he doesn't do that he doesn't stand out as a creative but he does do the dirty work and as a number eight in a 4-4-2 in the, in the, in the place that he's playing on the pitch that's kind of what you want from him you know you don't want him to be so expansive but sometimes like some of the fans were saying on, on the Twitter space you want that creativity and against a team like UAE against a team like Syria or Lebanon these teams are weak like you know, we, we can't go into these games and, and be passive and try to just you know get a result and as much as it was, a, it was a fantastic that we got the win which is good we still have to go out there and try and attack the game and someone like Nurullahi who is like he does something fantastic on the pitch and then he loses the ball in a key area of the pitch and you're you're scratching your head thinking like a guy like him what happened to him five years ago when he was so 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 good he was scoring goals and where is that progress now in his career where is that gone you know he stayed in press police for too long you know he, he stayed there for too long and he didn't take the chance to go to Europe and this is what's become this is the result of him as a as a footballer so I'm, I'm quite worried in him because I, I feel like him going to Emirates was good move as a as a career for himself, making good money, good money, but it's not enough, you know. As a footballer, you need to do better, you know. I feel like when you got the solidity of like Ezra Tolahi, and credit to him, I know we talked a lot about him on the previous podcast. Um, credit to him, I think he stepped up in this game. Um, when you have the solidity of him, I feel like you have to have more of a creative midfielder alongside him, especially against, as you said, an opposition like the UAE. 
someone like Soman, I feel like would have fit into this game very, very well instead of Nor Alahi. Um, but, you know, I don't know, especially if, if Ayreza Jambash isn't performing as well as he might have done. Like, I feel like having more creativity in that team, not over-relying on Asmun and Tarami. I know that that question is going to come up in the future, but like, yeah, that's just my personal take on it. Yeah, especially with uh, countries like uh, Arab countries, UAE, Iraq, they do a lot of passes going on, lots. And in Iran, uh, Team Meli, we don't have that. Uh, players don't pass a lot, and the pass accuracy is not is not as good as like a, a country. Um, even though we say UAE is not good, but they're passing. Therefore, we need someone, as you said, creative to sort of break that to uh, they, with with good interception. So um, yeah. Yeah, but Saeed, for me, was very good yesterday. I thought he had a very good game. Uh, I think his, although you can see he's, he's not in the best of shape, you know, he's not, he's fat. You know, he is. He's, he's, he's put a lot of weight on. So, <laughs> so, but as a result, he's still performing at a high level and he's doing well. Technically, you can see he's got the ability, but, you know, he's still got a wee bit to go until he gets to that level. Um, and on Amiri, I think... You know, he, he gave he gave what he could, but the pitch condition has to be said was really bad on this side of the pitch, and he kept slipping. You know, he kept falling down. It was quite funny. It was actually quite comical because there was a few times where like he would fall down, and the the Emirati uh, crowd would just start laughing, and it was like it's crazy. Like I've never heard a a, a football crowd laugh the way they did over a, a guy falling down. So, I don't know, it was just so comical to me that that even happened. But it is what it is. You know, we won the game and, and they got us through it, which is important. But um, as I say, we, we expect more from the midfield. That's uh, Saeed as a toilet. He never coming on the podcast again. <laughs> got to be honest. You've got to be honest. Like, he put the weight on. Simple as that. You know, he, he did. And um, he is looking good now. He's getting better. So, it's good. Mm. All right, let's move on to the defence. So um, I think we did highlight Moharam. He had a very good game. I think he's turning into one of our most consistent players. I do very much enjoy watching him. I feel like he's one of the first names on the team sheet now, which, you know, he's come a long way, I think. Um, so what do, you, what do you think, Sahar, on the defence and also, you know, Moharami in particular? Yeah, um, going from defense to like attacking and especially like fast breaks in football. I don't know what it says, you know, what it means in Farsi, but like fast break. Um, and I think he's he's Zed really good. Pardon? Zed de Hamlet. Zed de Hamlet. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, he he actually plays a big part in that, uh, and we saw it so many times. And uh, yeah, he's been he's been good, and um, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Moharami's been fantastic. The, the, the game against UAE kind of proved to me that he's still, even with injuries that he's had this season, he's able to, to produce performances at a high level, proving that playing in the Europa League does get you the level of performance that you expect uh, from a player of his, uh, from his talent. Um, there are some rumours that he can go back to Paris Police at some point in this season. I hope that doesn't happen. I really want him to stay in, in Dino Zagreb. I think they're a great club for him. He was really good. You know, his crossing was really good. Something he's not known for. You know, he's not synonymous for as a good crosser of the ball, but he seems to improve that aspect of his game. And also just getting forward, you know, so well, uh, contributing to the attack, always staying wide, defending really good one-on-one. 
um, even even as much as challenging uh, in the air, you know, jumping high enough to, to make a challenge against players who are taller than him, you know, those kind of things are really impressive from a player of his stature. So I'm, I'm really impressed. And I think that the level that he's playing at is, is enough for the national team as a right back. So we have to talk about it. The Khalid the red card incident. Um, Sahar, what did you kind of make of it when it happened? I was so worried because the team wasn't um, in coordination. I mean, at the beginning, I mean, we can talk about that later, but um, lots of passes in the final third wasn't happening, uh, uh, wasn't being successful. And they would uh, lose the ball immediately. And uh, especially Nur Afghan, um, he, wasn't being, uh, he wasn't being himself like he was last game. So when we had this red card, I was like, it's going to be difficult to score and they're going to do a lot of them um, like uh, they're going to there's going to be a lot of fast breaks in the UAE especially with lots of passes going on and players weren't um, um, sort of link up uh, therefore I was so worried but then obviously uh, he came back on the pitch yeah I mean it would have been like I mean I, when in my mind when he got sent off I was like just get a draw and that's it you know we get one point we go to the next game right because ultimately uh, if we had got a draw, we would have still topped the group anyway. So we wouldn't have actually made a difference. I was hoping we didn't, we didn't lose the game because obviously if we lose the game, we would have gone second place, which is what we didn't happen. You know, obviously he came back on. And, you know, I don't know if you guys heard what um, the UAE manager actually said after the game, uh, his press conference. He said um, the fourth official came up to him before halftime and explained that VAR actually wasn't working for a period of the match. And then after the second half started, uh, just five minutes before that incident actually happened, VAR started working again. So literally, Iran got very lucky that VAR was working during that incident. Otherwise, he would have been sent off, you know, without VAR. So, you know, Iran got away with it. And let's be honest, that's one of the first decisions Iran's ever got, you know, for them against one of these um you know arab arab teams so it's a, it's a, you know it's a bit of an anomaly it's a, it's a good one and uh, we'll take it you know because Khalil Zadeh has been good you know he's not been fantastic you know but he's been good you know he's kept clean sheets for the national team that's the most important thing for a defender you know classic asian football right there isn't it um, okay, so let's talk about Tarami's goal, obviously assisted by Sadar Osman. Um, well, it was a good goal, really. What did, you, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was a great goal. It was a great goal. Unbelievable. Uh, and that's what we, Iran needed. And, and that's kind of what Iran's doing just now when they're scoring goals. It's a bit of magic. It's a bit of creativity. It's a bit of imagination that comes from the, these star players. You know, it doesn't come from, you know, a simple cross or a simple set piece. The goals that we were scoring are very imaginative. They're very creative. And and that goal was just unbelievable. You know, Osmond Tarimi, the way they link up. Um, they're, as I think Bobak said on one of the podcasts, I don't know if you remember, he, he mentioned that, is it possible that Osmond and Tarimi are two of the best um, strikers that play together in the world? You know, how many strikers do you know that are our partnership? and that play that good and have that much goal scoring or assists between them. There really isn't that many like in the world. It's a, it's a really interesting question. And then, you know, the other question that I've got on that, and Sarah, you can even comment on it, is, you know, the whole question of Ali Dai and um, Azizi. 
once upon a time, you know, we would have said that they're probably two of the best strikers Iran have ever produced as strikers as a partnership. In my, in my in my opinion, and maybe I wasn't born then to know, you know, I'm only 24 years old, but as a 24-year-old even, I still believe that those two, Osman and Tarimi, are two of the best strikers we've had as a partnership ever, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, the goal-scoring record just proves it. No, I, t- I, I agree. I, I wasn't born. I mean, when Kodo and they were playing, I, I was very young. And uh, uh, yeah, as well. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, they remind me of, is it bad to say Harry Kane and Son? It's like that kind of a partnership. I mean, yes, but I, I think, is it, am, I, am I on mute? No, I'm not. No, I, I, I completely agree because look at, I mean, look at this, look at this. Like, Osmond and Tony are ultimately both number nines. And how many times do you see number nines actually linking up? Normally, if if, I, if you have a partnership, let's go to like Inter Milan, and you know you have Lukaku and Lautaro Martinez of last season. They're not two natural number nine. One of them is Lukaku is, but Martinez is more like a you know he's a bit of a second striker. He can move around. He's a bit more mobile. Osmond Tarami are very kind of you know they're they're up there. They don't really go anywhere else on the pitch and. The way they link up is is unbelievable. We have two of the best strikers in the world. I've said it so many times in the podcast and kind of feel like a broken record, but it is true. And and yes, they didn't have a great game. They didn't have a great game. They, they, they had a bad game against UAE by their standards, but they scored a fantastic goal. And ultimately, that's what counts at this level is can you take your chances when it matters? You know, Tarimi had a fantastic second half unbelievable i mean the way he's able to carry the team the way he's leading the team now i said on the, on the live uh, twitter space on a human level he's changed so much Taremi, since moving to porto you know i think champions league football has been such a blessing to him as a footballer because he's able to now use that to be a leader in the national team, which is something I never expected from Tarimi. I never expected him to be a leader in the national team, but he is now, you know, which is so, it's unbelievable. It's, it's re- I'm really proud of both of them because they're doing great things in Europe. Yeah, I think I think that that game really solidified to me that he might even be like our best player at the moment. I think in my mind, like before it was probably Osman or like maybe a few seasons ago, Jalmash, but now in my mind, it's solidified that he he is probably our best player. It's quite interesting as well because we got an, we got a question in from Hakan Manesh one three seven eight on Twitter who said, "Are we relying too much on Osman and Tarami?" So it's a very very good question. Yes, yes, uh, and that goes back to your first one of your first questions about Jahan Bash. Um, we want Osman and Tarami to do their job to be strikers, to score goals, to, you know, to, to finish the chances off. We don't want them to, to be so much involved in the build-up play and the creative aspects of the game because that's not what they are. They're strikers. They're meant to finish the chances. And when we don't have a Koli Zadeh, a Kodus, um, a Gaidi on the pitch, it, it makes them have to do more and it makes them perform less. To, to the standard that we expect from them. And that's maybe why in this first half they were, weren't as good is because they had to do more than they, they need to do. You know, and Jahan Bash wasn't pulling his weight. You know, he wasn't. Um, or I mean, he wasn't doing enough going forward. So 
but when you have a guy like Poli Zadeh who came on at halftime, it, it completely changed the dynamic of the game. You know, they looked a lot more comfortable being up there. They were linking up with Poli Zadeh. Even Jahan Bash got a, a shot on target in the game. So it was better in, in that sense. I, I also think that um, Nur Afghan was uh, in um, was a starting 11 in the road game and then he was again uh, starting 11. But I, I would have said that it would have been better if Nur Afghan was on bench and then uh, he had another, another person for us starting 11 because they're young, they're still in Iran, like the uh, Premier League, Iran Premier League. And I think if because he was he performed so well. And I think that's one of the reasons the second game, he kind of lost himself and you could see that. And um, I think it would have been better if he was off, um, off the pitch. I mean, he wasn't starting 11 and then Rodezuda was starting 11. Yeah, Especially having someone like Samon Rodeus playing for the Premier League. I don't know why uh, he, he decided, Scottish just decided uh, to keep him um, on the bench as well. But yeah, we can come back to a Scottish later. Good point because you know, a lot of people want Kodu to start. You know, I, as you say, he's a Premier League player. He plays for Brentford. He's doing he's doing good things in, in the in the Carabao Cup and all that. Um, you know, your point on Nur Afghan is is quite valid. I think you could have easily put like Vida Muri at left back, which he did do it at halftime, and they maybe even played a Kodus or there or a Kodus um in those wide areas. I think the issue with Kodus now is is so much to the point where he's such a good player. He's such a creative player. It's kind of hard to fit him into the team. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it's like, it's almost as if like you want him to play, but at the same time, you kind of can't play him because he does things that are great, but he also doesn't have that defensive output the way an Anurulahi or Avahid Amuri does. Um, so it, it, it might kill the balance of the team a little bit, you know, but you want him as well at the same time because it gives you that creativity. Um, so it's a bit of a dilemma for for Scotchage, you know. But it's a it's a choice that he's making, and he's winning matches, so you can't you can't really go against his his decision. But it is what it is, you know. We have to kind of accept it. Well, I mean, South Korea would be a massive test for Scotchage and obviously the team to see like how this formation, how this team, you know, fares against against real real big opposition. So I think. We should probably move on to South Korea now. And before we do, uh, let's hear from Steve Hahn, Korean football writer for Goal.com, who gave his thoughts ahead of the match on Tuesday. Okay, I'm joined by Steve Hahn from Goal.com, writer uh, for that website. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, my friend. Uh, thanks for having me. Glad to have you on. Uh, of course, you've been on the podcast before. Um, you're obviously a writer for Goal.com. Just give us a little bit about that. Yeah, I've actually been writing for Goal for for a while now. Um, this is starting two thousand eight. Um, I've I've been working for Goal, and wow, it's, I can't believe it's already been thirteen years. Really, that's this really um went by like it's you know like thirteen months almost. But anyway, um, yeah, I just do a lot of stuff for Goal, especially for the Korean edition. Uh, mostly I write about the, the the Korean players based in Europe and also abroad. That's sort of like my main um main work. And also cover a bit of MLS as well because I'm in the U.S. a lot. Um, and then, um, you know, whenever the national team plays, it's, you know, one of the things I do is I try to cover the, you know, remotely at least to cover the, you know, especially now with COVID and all this stuff, I can't really travel for work. So 
Um, so a lot of the things that I try to do ahead of the national team games is to report on our op opposing teams. So, um, yeah, that's that's sort of like my uh, my my main work for Goal Korea. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, obviously, Tuesday is a game against Iran. Uh, you can you can see you know, a big rival. You know, if we played you guys in the last qualification for the World Cup, you know the I was saying in the podcast there's a lot of bite about the game. You know, there was always a little bit of back and forth. Um, what's changed from that South Korea team now uh, since, since, since that last qualification? Since the last qualification, I mean, obviously the biggest thing is there has been a coaching change. Um, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird from an Iranian perspective, I guess, because when Iran played Korea in, in, in qualifying for 2018 World Cup, um, by the time, I mean, when, when Korea played Iran in Tehran, had Uli Stilike as the head coach and you know by the time Iran came back to Seoul to play Korea we had a different coach it was a domestic it was a domestic manager Shin Taeyong and now it's the Portuguese manager uh, uh, uh Paulo Bento he's trying to instill a bit of a different style of football for Korea it's you know but that's not to say that Korea didn't try to play this way before um he's trying to play the trying to you know encourage Korean players to play in a way that's more that's a bit more organized in terms of going forward you know play, trying to play the ball out of the back um sort of giving a structure to the way the Korea builds the attack. And obviously a lot of the Korean players, especially the defenders, um, they, many of them aren't used to playing that way. So that ha there has been a lot of growing pain there. Um, I mean, many people actually believe that this is the kind of football that's never going to work with Korea, but you know, we, we like, we'll, we'll only have to wait and find out if that's, that's true. But yeah, that's sort of been the, the, the dilemma with Paulo Bento. There have certainly been games in Korea played really well. And I do think that, you know, as tough as it was against Syria, Korea winning 2-1, but um, it, it parts of that game, Korea actually looked really good. And, you know, in, in other parts of the same game, they, they, they didn't look so good. You know, defensively, they were, they were a little, little shaky as well. And going forward, um, they created a lot of chances, and that's what you want to see at home. So in, in terms of that, I think... Um, the criticism is quite heavy right now on the national team because of how tough it has been to win the, these last two games and especially failing to uh, beat Iraq in the first game was uh, was a, was a bit of a was a bit of a heartbreak as well. But, um, you know, uh, seven points from home out of out of nine, not the worst result, obviously, um, have five points ahead of third place uh, in, a, in, a, in a in a in a pretty decent situation, I guess. But, you know, this game in, in, at, at the Azadi is obviously it's, it's going to be a big one because you lose this game it, it sort of becomes a brand new ball game in, in terms of winning the first two places and if you win it it's certainly the, 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 the best case scenario for Korea Yeah, definitely um, of course you're speaking about the results they've had uh, 0-0 against Iraq 1-0 win against Lebanon and of course the 2-1 the victory against Syria recently um, going going from those matches into this game on Tuesday, uh, how do you think the confidence of the team will be? Um, how do you think they'll they'll do line up and and what can we expect from 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 them uh, on Tuesday? In terms of the starting lineup, I think you can expect much of the. I, I'm not sure if I can say the same, but but very similar to what you saw against Syria is probably the very similar lineup you're going to see in Tehran. Uh, Paulo Bento doesn't like making too many radical changes unless there's an injury, unless there's, you know, a, a, a factor that, that he has to take into account in terms of, you know, the player's health or, or, or whatever. But um, you're going to see much Korea, I think. But 
Paulo Bento did mention after the game against Syria that this is going to be a bit of a different game because obviously, you know, it's going to be a first away game for Korea in this qualification phase as well. And, you know, it's obviously the strongest team in the group um, you're playing that Korea is playing against this time around. Um, I'm kind of curious myself to see how Korea will play this game because a lot of these games, um, ever since Paulo Bento has, has, has taken charge, Korea tried to play in a way that they remain con- in, in control of the game. You know what I mean? Uh, they try to remain in control of the game, starting from the from the back to front. Uh, they try to build, try to build build the game from back to front, and then when they lose the ball, they try to press immediately. Try to play. They try to play a very attack minded, um, aggressive kind of game. Um, we'll see if they can do that against Iran in Tehran. Obviously, I believe the last competitive game Iran lost at home was back in 2012 or something like that, which is immensely impressive. Um, so we're just gonna have to wait and see. I do think that uh, the fact that there it won't be uh, 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 they won't be playing in front of a full capacity uh, uh, in terms of you know the, the crowd for the for the Iranians I do think that will work to Korea's advantage um, but how much of, of, of a factor that will be where I'm, I'm honestly I'm honestly not not sure because they, they did play in front of a an, an, an empty state an empty stand in North Korea as well and I believe in Lebanon in, in the previous phase of, of qualifying too but the results haven't really turned out in Korea's favor. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And um, on that, then what is your prediction for the match? You know, I have my, I, I do have my own podcast in Korean that I, that I host. And I, and on that podcast, I did predict a very tightly contested, but a one nil win for Korea, but that was just to make myself feel better a little bit, to be honest with you. And I do, but I do think that this game, um, any it, it it'll, it'll be a pretty open game in terms of you know what kind of result we can get from this game. I do think it it'll be a very tight game in terms of the how, how the game will be played as as any game against uh, against Iran for Korea. But I think anything's possible from a one nil win to a very convincing win for Iran, like a two nil win or something like that for Iran as well. I do think that Iran they have to be favored. They've been the better team so far in qualifying. They've been a better team than Korea over the last decade as well. I, I you know, I'm going to have to admit that as well. And you know, Iran, they've got players um, up front. I mean, you know, when we talk about Korea, we all like to talk about Sung Min, who has been a fabulous player for Tottenham Hotspur. But you know, with Iran, you have Sardar Azmoun, who has won, who has been the top scorer in Russia. You do have uh, Mehdi Taremi, who was the top scorer in Portugal, and you have you also have Jahan Baksh, who has been a top scorer in Dutch league. Those are three very competitive leagues in Europe. And you know, when you combine that with the fact that those guys can actually play as a team, and at the back they have a very good defensive team, that I I was actually quite surprised that you know, because I was predicting if Carlos Queiroz leaves Iran they won't be the same defensive team that they were, but it, they still look like the same defensively solid team that, that, that I've been seeing over the last decade. So that's, that's quite impressive. And ever since with, uh, with Skosic, it seems like they've been a better team going forward as well, which is what makes it that much more impressive. So if I have to pick a team that's favored to win this game, I'll, you know, the objective part of me says it'll have to be Iran, but you know, it, it, it's going to be a tight game and I'm actually, and I'm actually quite excited and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would wish you, I wish you luck, but obviously, you know, I want my team to win. So, <laughs> I appreciate the time, uh, Steve. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, speak again uh, for the next, for the next game we play in in, in Seoul. And uh, yeah, take care. Appreciate. Thank it. you. Best of luck to you guys. All the best.
All right, let's talk about Iran, South Korea being played in the Azadi Arena. So how can we expect the team to line up, uh, Arya? I, I don't think there'll be a lot of changes made in this game. I think there's a couple of changes that are that Sahara mentioned. I think Nurahaf Khan will probably come off for this game. I don't expect him to start a left back. Um, I would expect uh, there to maybe be a change in the wide areas. Maybe Vaidan, when he goes to left back, maybe you bring on uh, Akoli Zadeh um, on the wide right position. Maybe you're shifting Jahan Bakhsh to wide left. I would not expect Kodus to start this game, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. I, I just don't think he will. However, I, I he maybe would come on at half time or at, in the second half. Um, I don't really see any changes. You know, we've got a couple of fan questions. We'll come to it later on. People are saying should Magic Hosseini start for Khalid Zadeh? Um, personally, I don't think Kanoni is going to get benched. I think Kanoni had a fantastic game against UAE. Just to mention that, I thought he was really good. Um, but I, I don't think Majid will start, and I just think it's a, a bit of a shame because he's a young player. But I, I don't really think that it's going to be many changes. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Um, just in um, talking about Scottish on the team, um, I mean, I read the I, I read Twitter um, tweets about Scottish, and some people are like really against it. To be very honest with you all, I wasn't really hopeful about Scottish, but now I can see. I mean, he's doing something right, and what lacks is that um, not a lot, of, not a lot of uh, training, and as well as. Um, uh, lots of um, uh, weak passes, like as in not weak, but I mean unsuccessful passes, and that's just because the team has to come together and they haven't played for a long time. They 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 don't know each other as much, and they um a lot of more more training is needed. But uh, uh, in Scottish defense, I think his he for example in the first um, half he uh, with the Nur Afghan Holiza the sub the the sub he saw that and he made a change and it really affected the uh, performance so I think um, he's um, doing the best he can and I, I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, with South Korea we're gonna do much better yeah I think what's what's really interesting is that South Korea obviously only narrowly beat Syria in their last game I think they were one nil down and then they came back to win it um, two one so like what does that mean, basically, for, for Iran going into this game? Yeah, it's an interesting one because South Korea have been quite poor. You know, they have by by their standards. You know, beating Syria, they scored an 89th minute goals through Hyun Ming Son, which is obviously their best player. Um, I'm expecting a tough game, though, even though it's at home, even though there'll be fans in the stadium. I think there'll be roughly about 5,000 fans in the stadium. I still expect a tough game. I expect an opponent that's not going to be the pushover that Iraq was, the pushover that maybe even Syria was. And I don't think they're going to give us that many chances that UAE gave us. But I, I also feel like we can beat them. I feel like the, the quality of our team is at a level where we've got enough uh, going forward. I don't think they can they can deal with Osman Tarami. If, if, they, if we create chances for them, I don't think South Korea have, have a good enough defence to, to counteract that. And on, on, on everything else, I really don't think that our defence is, is that weak to the point where we can't keep out a, a Hyun Ming Son, for example. I think we would be comfortable with him, um, you know, if we have to. 
Um, the real issue for me is the midfield. Uh, I think South Korea have a decent midfield. They've got some good young players. Um, and if we we don't keep the ball well, we give the weight ball away too too much in in bad areas of the pitch, which we did do a, few, a couple of times against uh, Emirates. It could cost us some some issues. I believe that um, I believe that we will get a win, but you know we'll come to predictions in a minute. But um, just to uh, point it out, there are no there are no games for the uh, Porto or final or for like Jahan Baksh and uh, Taremi, uh, as well as the game is in Azadi. So these are really important as well to take into account. So that's why I'm I was re- I'm confident that we're gonna do uh, we're gonna perform better better than what uh, how we did uh, yesterday and Tuesday Thursday. So what are the sort of key key things to victory in this game? Obviously, we talked a little bit about the change of lineup, maybe. Um, and you talked about the midfield. Is there anything else? Yes. Uh, for me, the, the most important thing is, is the team work hard, like really genuinely knuckle down and work hard. Um, some of the guys on, on the Twitter space were pointing out Sometimes they were, they were they were getting a little bit lazy and they were being a little bit overconfident and you know they were trying a little fancy flicks and you know the, all the tricks and all that. Just work hard and actually try to to win the game. That's the most important thing because if Iran do that, I don't feel like South Korea had the capacity to to deal with us. You know because I feel like we have some good young players with, with good energy, good capacity to to really to run for 90 minutes i don't think south korea have that in my, in my personal opinion and if we do produce that level of of energy for, for for a long time during the game i think we can we can blow past south korea as far as i'm concerned but it's, you can't underestimate the south koreans you know yeah for sure all right let's talk about predictions uh sahar what do you think the game will end in um, 2-1, Iran. Okay. What about you, Arya? Yeah, I mean, that would be interesting if we can see the goal for the first time. Uh, be, I would I would not be surprised, though, with, with the quality they, they have going forward. I believe we will... It will be a, a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be a 1-0 to Iran. Uh, maybe a 1-1, uh, depending on, you know, if we make any more defensive mistakes or give the ball away in bad areas of the pitch as i said i i believe i believe one nil uh, yeah victory i agree with you Arya. i think uh probably one nil and if there's a defensive mistake human son will take take full advantage yeah. like he he is so prolific he's probably the most prolific finisher in the premier league i would say thing is like there's a lot of tension going into this game because obviously in the Carlos Kairos era there was so much rivalry between Iran and South Korea there was always that kind of fight about these matches you know that there's always a little bit about it you know and there's going to be a red card here and there you never know so I'm expecting something to go down <laughs> on Tuesday you know so let's just be a little bit you know careful because we have some players like, like Khalid Zadeh like like Noor Afghan, who who are, are prepared to go in for a tackle, and and the South Koreans are, are no slouches either. So it's going to be a bit of an interesting uh, game. I think it will be a feisty affair. Yeah, for sure. So before we wrap up, wrap it up, let's go to the fan questions. Are you? Yeah, one sec. <laughs> uh, one sec. Hold on. My phone just switched off. 
Uh, oh no. Uh, Alright. Okay, yeah, fan questions. We'll go with the first one with one of our guys, uh, Ario Hadi. He asks, um, who, the, who should the midfield partnership be uh, against South Korea? Sarah, you want to take that one? Midfield. Yeah, the partnership. I mean, the really, yeah, because Bahrain game, when they uh, when Skoji brought Odus in, it was amazing. I mean, Amir went to the right side of the pitch and um, just like they, they were really good together. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think I'd like to see a three man midfield, you know, with Saeed sitting deepest and Odus and Amir either side. Yeah, I meant to as well, of course. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think the, the the problem with that that I think was kind of kind of discussed well in, in our Twitter spaces again I'm bringing this up again is you know if you do that you, you, you kind of have to play Tarimi the wide left which I don't know if it's, it's the it's what you want to do especially when you, when you have a, a guy of his quality um, but I can see I can see why because Kodus is such, it's, he's such a good good player you know and it would be so hard to like bench him again when we kind of need him in this game um, if, you put Vahid, if you put Vahid Amir on that side like he's got the work rate to be able to keep up if Tarami goes in and supports Asmon yeah you, you I think, think it works you would think you, would think, yeah. you know I, it worked under Carlos Kiros for sure but as I said Tarami has changed as a player mm. he's not the same player he was under Carlos Kiros so we'll see we'll see uh, okay, next fan question comes from at all the terrain. Um, he says, Shoja has been reckless and rough uh, every game. Um, you know, I think essentially he's asking, I think we even got another question regarding him as well. Um, yeah, from uh, at Kai 2004, he asks, uh, obviously, should Hosseini start over Shoja? Um, you know, unpo- he says an unpopular opinion. It's a yeah. popular, it's a popular opinion to me because I'd love Magic I, to start. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I can see where he's coming from. Like he is right. Uh, Khalid Zadeh was going in for some reckless challenges. Obviously, he got sent off and he got he got like VAR overruled it. But he he is pretty reckless. If you actually do watch his challenges and against maybe an opposition like South Korea, maybe it might be too risky. You know. Um, I, I get where he's coming from. However, I don't think Hosseini's had the minutes under his belt to to start a game like South Korea. Next question we have is from at Shadow Babo. He asks, why is Jahan Baksh always playing? And are you satisfied with how he plays? Oh, that's a difficult question. He obviously he's he's the captain. I mean, we've got a few leaders in the team though. Like I feel like the captaincy might not mean that much because there are other players that can take up the, the armband. I think for Skosic, it's it's better to play him rather than not play him because if he's at his best, he is probably one of the top three players in the team comfortably. Um, but it's it's the inconsistency that Skosic can't even he he's not the one that can call that. So I, I think it's very difficult for him when it comes to this sort of decision. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, Sarah? I think, uh, yeah, the inconsistency as well, but uh, obviously he's a captain and ho- also, uh, we, as you said, we have got quite good leaders, but um, he, 
he should be selfish here when when uh, when he's not performing well like the other game and i mean uh, thursday game so um if we do that it's fine to start with him um obviously he's a yeah. captain i think jahan bash uh, the thing with him is like he's actually a very hard working player you know he does work very hard he gets back and he he, he helps out defensively and that that part of his of his game is is very good you know he is um he's industrial he'll he'll do the work but you know what we're complaining about or what we're criticizing him for is the the other side of the pitch is that is the product the end product is he actually creating chances and for me i'm a huge ali is a fan i'm also a huge john bash fan i'm a, i'm actually a huge team melee fan in general i don't have a, a grudge over any player but for me, Ali Kouizadeh is a guy who should start, in my opinion. He's been fantastic when he has played. He had one maybe bad game against Syria. Other than that, he's been fantastic against Iraq. You know, the, the last time we played him in June, he was brilliant. I hope he does start against South Korea. I think he can cause him a lot of issues. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, a couple more questions. If we haven't answered your question, by the way, it's probably because we've either answered it or we spoke about it in the live spaces and if you don't answer your question you can also ask it in the live spaces when it comes up before the the game against south korea um one more question uh we got the question comes from persian lion 80 uh on persianfootball.com the forum he asks why uh, didn't we see qaidi come on uh, in the last game well i mean is a striker. I don't think we needed him. I mean, Torim and Ozan were there. Yeah, I I would I mean, agree. You know, we need yeah, to I win mean, the what, game. What we, um, I don't think it's he's needed. I mean, he wasn't needed, but he could be a good sub. I mean, like at the beginning, like minutes, let's say 57, 58. But uh, when we have Sarah Osmond duel, I mean. Yeah, I mean. You can't he can't replace either the the front two strikers. I mean, the only ones he could maybe come on as a like to, he could maybe try play out wide, but it's not really like his sort of position. So, like either he tries to add different versatility to his game where he can play out wide and support. But even then, like you're you're competing with Rolizade, you're competing with Torabi. Um, it, I mean, I think he's a quality player. Don't get me wrong, I really like him. His time will definitely come, um, but you can't like displace um, yeah. Osmond and Tarani. The question I've got for you guys, uh, myself, uh, is actually regarding the goalkeepers. You know, for me, uh, it's for me it's very clear that Berman should be number one. I think it's very clear. You know, five clean sheets uh, in a row now. Sorry, not five clean sheets in a row, but he's you know he's had a lot of clean sheets recently for the national team. What? What do you think is the reason why, in that regard, people are still wanting Obiza to start? Um, because he's, I mean, uh, I was uh, on his uh, profile on Transfer Market and he's, he's been doing so well. And I think he should get a chance. And he has proven himself so many times. I mean, he had, uh, I, I, I followed him um, uh, when he was in Maritimo in po- po- Portugal uh, League, uh, Premier League. And uh, he really saved the team. So um, the reason they want to see him, because obviously, I think it's also because he's uh, Abedzadeh's son. And it's like uh, Abedzadeh was one of the best goalkeepers of all time in for Iran. And and uh, the, um, 
we want to see him in Timeli and uh, I, I, and personally I, I do like to see him as well I mean uh, I think uh, he's he's a very good goalkeeper and he should be given a chance yeah what do you make of that Sina? I mean obviously look Bernal Van's not actually made any mistakes so there's not like a reason to drop him but do you think bringing Obazada in would either improve the team or do you think it was just because, because of because? You know what I mean? I think, firstly, we're very fortunate that we have two, if not three, if you include Niazman goalkeepers. Um, and they're both, like, all three of them play in Europe, right? So it's, it's very, very good competition. And he might have already improved the team if Baron Van seeing, you know, Obazada challenging, he might improve his own game. Um I'm I'm still on team Baron Van because he he offers more than Abezade going forward. If that makes sense, he his his placement when it comes to the counter attacks is is really powerful and it's helped us get a few goals in in recent games. Abezade obviously doesn't have that as much as Baron Van in his game. Nevertheless, he's a better shot stopper in my eyes. Um, so it's it's difficult to weigh out. I think they're both quality. Don't get me wrong. I can't remember who it was who commented on Twitter, but they, they mentioned that, you know, Obadzada has that kind of fantastic passing range. He's a really good ball-playing goalkeeper. Um, Baron Van, he's great with his hands. He, he can throw the ball really far. Different um, points of distribution, one of them mm -hmm. with their feet, one of them with their hands. However, um, you know, there's a couple of times against UAE where under pressure, we're giving the ball away in tight areas, we're giving corners away, and it comes from passages of play within the goalkeeper's area, maybe you could blame the defenders, maybe you can blame Bayron Van. In my opinion, we I would like to see them getting alternate, you know, maybe a lot of one game he plays one, one game he plays other one. However, goalkeepers, we all know it's all about consistency. And it's not a position you want to chop chop and change too much. Maybe against Lebanon, for example, we'll play always at the for example. You know, maybe, but I just don't see it happening, and I think people just need to accept that that Bayon Ban is number one for now. Maybe he makes a big howler, and you know, obviously it comes in, but it is what it is. I think we'll we'll see we'll see him be number one for for next game. I think he has to be careful though. If he does make a mistake, the replacement yeah, is position, very very easy. Yeah, his position is uh, is up for some. Uh, yeah, some grabs. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a very easy decision to make, I think. And he's made mistakes in the past, you know, um, not not yeah. just for Team Melly, but in, in club football as well. So, yeah, he's got it in him. He hasn't made any mistakes so far, you know, touch wood. So, um, we'll stick by him. Wrap that's up, the end yeah. of fan questions. Yeah, that's it. All right, sweet. Well, thank you so much, uh, Arya and Sahar, for joining me on this episode. And thanks again to Steve Hahn uh, from Goal.com for telling us all about South Korea. Don't forget, we'll have an article before the game on our website. And also we're going to be doing a live Twitter spaces before and after kickoff on Tuesday. Um, stay tuned and follow us on all social media and podcast platforms. Thank you again, Arya and Sahar for joining me. And from me, Sina, uh, I will see you later. Enjoy the game. Hi, my name is Saman Guadus. Uh, I'm playing for the Iranian national team and uh, Brentford Football Club. And you're listening to Golbezan Podcast.